1: When Fiat took over Chrysler, the new company CEO, Sergio Marchionne, established what he calls brand CEOs, who have profit and loss responsibilities for their brands, something that's never been done by an automaker before. He also gave these direct reports of his two different jobs to do. On today's show, we've got one of those direct reports joining us. Ralph Gilles is both the CEO of the Dodge brand and the head of styling for the entire Chrysler group. As it races to recover from bankruptcy and a less-than-stellar image in the marketplace, Dodge is bringing out six new models this year. Will that be enough to revive the brand? We'll let you be the judge as you listen to what the CEO of Dodge has to say about it.
2: From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy.
1: Thanks for joining us here in the studio with Ralph Gilles, the CEO of the Dodge brand and the head of all styling for the Chrysler Group. Great having you back here with nice us up. on AutoLine. And also joining us today, Jeff Gilbert from WWJ News Radio 950. Great having you here, Jeff. Thanks, John. And Natalie Neff from Auto Week Magazine. Great to have you back, too, Good to be as well.
2: Here.
1: Well, let's talk Dodge and design at Chrysler. But uh, one of the criticisms that really applied to the entire Chrysler group for last year's performance, including Dodge's, you guys sold so many fleet cars, as you know, to the daily rental companies, to government agencies, and to corporate fleets as well. Retail is where everyone says you guys got to get to. What can yeah. you update us in that regard?
3: I would look at it differently. I would say our fleet performance is relatively flat. We have a, st- a great group of customers we work with, great rental clients, uh, a lot of, of good fleet, police fleet, stuff like that. That we, They have a standard need. It doesn't go away. They have people that get on vacation and need so many cars. So I would say that's remained f- flat, and it's actually staying flat. We're This month alone, we're about doing half as much fleet as we did last year. So retail is actually now the predominant sales force for the Dodge brand. And there are a few cars, like the Caliber and, and things like that, that, that work very well as fleet. And we get a lot of demand. We're already supposed to know, turn them away, you know. Uh, so certain uh, nameplates, where we, we kind of look at each other and say, okay, that's okay for fleet. Other ones we protect. Um, and then the police fleet, to me, is, is juicy. That is some great fleet. Yeah, actually, it's profitable. Uh, we don't lose money on those units at all. It's great for the image of the Dodge brand. And we learn a lot. The cops give us great feedback. So uh, fleet can, be, can work if you, if you treat it with respect.
1: Yeah. Retail-wise, do you think you'll be where the, the industry average is? Or are you going to be able to get to Yeah, that? I'm actually
3: interested. A lot of our competitors, especially the Asians, are starting to look at fleet. I mean, I've seen numbers from Toyota that I've never seen. They're, they're relying on fleet quite a bit to bolster their numbers. And we're doing the opposite. You know, Our fleet's come down uh, dramatically this year overall as a company, and Dodge is ebbing is its way down. And our incentives are under control. We underspent the other OEMs big time, You know, the local guys. Uh, So we're on the right path, but product is king. You know, you're talking about 2010 when we had a dearth of new product. No new product that year. Um, And we're starting 2011 with more new products than any other manufacturer. Six, all told, right? So that all together helps. You know.
4: what, what about the availability of that new product? As you ramp so many new products into yeah. the system, is there any problem with a situation where you don't quite have the inventories of the new stuff yeah. that you're looking for? absolutely.
3: There's definitely inventory issues, but the, we know what they are. Most of it is, is a, a couple things. A lot of it's quality holds. We're just choosing not to ship. We're being very, very stringent about what we ship nowadays. Um, and some of it is just our suppliers coming back up to speed. You know, they're, they're still dub- they're, like cleaning their ears out. What did you want? How many of those did you want? You know, so everyone's a bit surprised uh, how much volume we're actually doing, even ourselves. The orders are very strong. The dealers are ordered over 50% what they've ever had. Um, so everyone is kind of kind of like dusting themselves off, oh, Hey, let's get back into this. So um, it's not a problem. The ones that are landing are turning very quickly. Um, so the shoppers are coming out of the woodwork,
0: which is great.
2: And I know... Product is absolutely king, but another thing that Dodge has taken a hit for over the last few years is quality, Mm -hmm. and particularly the quality of the interiors, and I know that you guys are making a push in that direction also. Can you talk a little bit about that? I
3: wouldn't call it just a push. It's been a point of obsession for us. I mean, uh, about four years ago, we started the interior studios, and then when Sergio came along about two two years ago, uh, he even pushed us even more, and he asked for a little more higher quality, more details, especially in the coloring, the color choices that we used. So you take that effort uh, from the inside and the effort from the leadership team and then my personal interest in the matter. And I think the interiors are second to none. We've had um, some journalists look at the new journey and say it's the best in its segment. And we've never heard comments like that. And the Charger, uh, one of your competitive magazines, said it's a solid A on the interior, right? So a lot of that kind of commentary that we just simply have never received um, and now we're starting to get it from our customers. We're, you know, These vehicles are just landing in dealerships. Uh, I had a, a dealer, a friend of mine in Florida, call me who said, I just drove the new Charger, Ralph, I can't believe it. I've heard you describe it, but until you sit in there and you start poking around, everything is soft, the, the pillars are wrapped, everything is super comfortable, it smells like real leather, it feels like real leather, because it is. <laughs> you know? That all adds up, and I think in the long run that will be behind us.
4: How much of a risk is higher gas prices, and even more so the volatility. Caliber, of course, is the smallest car you have in the lineup. Yep. Eventually you'll have things that are smaller coming. But but right now, how much of a risk is that for you? Well, guys? I
3: think I, I'm looking at that, too. We can't, everyone's concerned. You have to be. But then there's needs, right? People are not going to run out of what they need. Um, there's, there's, there's the fickle buyer that right now wants the 35-mile-per-gallon car, and we, we make an Avenger S 31 miles per gallon, which is a credible car now. The D-segment player we finally have. Uh, it, which is actually just as good as a caliber for fuel economy. But our new charger gets 27 miles per gallon in a full-size car, which is not something you normally associate to that segment of car, but we've worked really hard to make the Pentastar efficient in every application it's in. And it's really under-stressed in the car the size of the, of the charger because the vehicle demand is down so much. Great aerodynamics, uh, lower rolling resistance, uh, better shift schedule calibration. Um, But in the case of Dodge, we're like, we're not going to give up on power. We're big believers in horsepower. So our horsepower went up 25% in all our 2011s, but the fuel economy went up 10%. So we believe you can have your cake and eat it, too, but you can't give up on performance.
4: Now, now with the high end, with the Durango, it's obviously off to a great start. Yeah. Any concern that that could be hurt by the higher prices? Um,
3: then you look at total cost of ownership. So we've cleaned that part of it up, right? So the vehicle is a much higher quality proposition, has better residual values. So if the smarter shoppers will look at the total ownership experience. And even if it got two, two or three miles per gallon more over its life cycle, that's not even $1,500. So you really have to look at the total ownership experience, and you can't beat the value of the new Durango.
2: I think also to the point, uh, people are very excited about the Durango, mm-hmm. but I see it also as a push across the board with uh, with mm-hmm. Dodge mm-hmm. in in looking at a, almost getting back to your roots sort of thing, where you're getting a more masculine push yes. across the line, and we yeah. saw in Chicago some examples of that, and you mentioned yeah. the
3: Charger. I mean, we're big believers in performance, you know, and the problem with my brand is we have, we have almost standalone uh, brands, like Challenger is a standalone name, Charger's becoming that way, Caravan is even a name unto itself, and the Viper, you know, so everyone forgets to mention Dodge. (laughs) So we're trying to unify Dodge as the performance arm of the company, but still a a mass uh, player. We're not just going to get into niches. So what I'm trying to do with the Dodge brand is bring performance to the common person. You don't have to spend twice the amount of money to get this kind of performance. The Charter is a great example. starts at $26,000, has over $2,600 more content at that price. So we're giving people a lot more for their money and trying to escape the incentive whirlwind. You know, we'd rather put more in the vehicle, keep its residuals higher, and get that buyer talking about his car to his friend at the bar, you know. (laughs) So that's where we're going.
1: One of the interesting things that happened to Chrysler when Sergio Marchionne and Fiat took it over is splitting the Dodge brand and taking Dodge trucks and Mm -hmm. calling them Ram. Has that
3: helped the Dodge
1: brand at all, and if so, how?
3: It is in a way, you know, I I went— um, to the race in Daytona had a young man come up to me goes, are you Mr. Gill? And I go, yes, I am. He goes, I love what you're doing with the Dodge brand, you know, so we're just getting started. And what what Ram is doing is they're marketing in a very cool way. I and mean, you have Sam Elliott's voice, very gritty, authentic commercials, and it simply wouldn't work. And, and Sergio really is a big believer, and as we are as well, a big believer in branding, you know, and if to really make these things live and, and have equity forever is to start separating the brands and giving them their own identities. Because why else would we have four brands? Everyone's consolidating brands. We're doing the opposite. We're expanding brands a little bit. We have four brands plus Fiat now, and even Mopar is a bit of a brand unto itself. And we're marketing them. We're actually going to enjoy that. You
1: know. Has that freed up the styling of what you yeah. can do, though? I mean, a truck versus I could, car.
3: I be a little braver. I don't need to, to worry. We're some areas where it's a little gray because I you know, let's be honest, the, the Durango started life out as a as a Dodge. <laughs> you know, it was going to be a, a a truck, and we decided to to make it a crossover, and we did, and it is. We Credibly, we changed the suspension tune of it. It drives like a car. It's really fun to drive, so it fits perfectly in the envelope of Dodge, but every Dodge is going to have a distinctive uh, driving characteristics. It's fun, very sporty fun, and, and always have a powerful derivative.
4: You had mentioned not being pulled into the whirlwind of incentives, and that's yeah. something I've heard Sergio Marchionne talk about many times. How difficult is it to resist out there when some of your competitors are putting $1,000 or more in incentives above what you're doing?
3: We're watching it, and our dealers are obviously um, they're in a tough spot. right? You have a guy down the street giving cars away. You have to be careful with that. But it's a short-lived thing. I mean, there's, what, what happened to us is we launched in the middle of a model year. A lot of people are already starting to have their decay of their model year, so that's a bit of a challenge for us. Um, but at the same time, I think people actually sit in the vehicles are actually finally for the first time sitting them, going, well, "You know what? This may be worth a few grand more than I thought," and that's what we're counting on. So we have enough incentive out there to help the deal because you had a, some people come in with a little bit of negative equity, or they need something to help with their down payment. So that's something we're aware of, and we're finding clever ways to do that that doesn't necessarily end up on the hood, so to speak. So you don't depreciate your vehicle and become the company that's always on sale. And that's hurt us in the past, you know. And I think um, they should beware, because I think when you get great brands starting to do that to themselves, they're eroding uh, the nature. You never see Apple, you know, put big discount stickers all over their uh, their products. So I think as, as a, a, an automotive companies, as all of us, need to be careful with that, or else we basically devalue the products all around.
2: I have to ask... AutoWeek basically speaks to a more enthusiast audience. And you mentioned Viper.
3: (laughs) I did. That was before we were on air.
2: (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about what we know about Viper? I know there was talk for a while of trying to sell it off as a standalone. But I think it's still alive. Can you talk about it's it? It's very
3: much alive. We It was approved. It was approved by the board, and uh, Sergio gave it the thumbs up. Uh, we're well underway. our way. We're in our first year of development. We have test vehicles all over. They're hidden. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> One would drive right by it. You wouldn't realize it was the 2013 car. Um, uh, so we're developing it. So I, I say, and I said in Chicago, it's, it went to the Supercar Olympics. It's training for the Supercar Olympics. So it'll be back um, in the summer of, of 20, less than a year, about a year from now. Still on year. a
2: Dodge platform, though, an evolution um, of...
3: I can't talk about that. Okay, can you say whether it is going to be
4: uh, a huge leap from what you had before? Will it be very different?
3: It's up to your perception. You may see it and think it is, or you may see it and think it is. So I don't want to put anything in anybody's minds.
4: So. Can you say That's how so you hide a viper? That, All I know is, is video, I love right? it.
3: Every once in a while when I get a little bit down, I go to the studio and I look at the 2013 car and it puts a smile on my face. (laughs) Let's let's just put it at that.
1: When you get to branding, of course, advertising marketing plays a huge role in that. You guys got great accolades for uh, the Charger ad with George Washington charging charging into battle with that. Now, I haven't seen it yet, but somebody was just telling me they saw a new Durango ad where you're actually talking about this car hasn't been around for a couple of years now. Why would you do that? Why would you start pointing out that hey, this that, hasn't been that's here? That's part
3: of our attitude at Dodge. We're, we're very upfront. You know, there's nothing. We're not hiding by anything. We know exactly who we are. We know who you think we are. You know, so we're playing on that a little bit. This is what you think we are, and here's what we want, we're doing about it. And so the the Durango ad talks exactly about it. it. Went away for two years and went to Europe to learn how to drive, and it got all this, and and it and people are noticing it. They they say, hey, that's pretty honest of you to, to admit that you maybe were here, and now you're here, trying to be here on its working. So we're just trying to go on our own merits, and and there's nothing to be ashamed of that. Durango is solid through and through.
1: That seems to be a recurring theme in Chrysler Group right now, is Mm -hmm. honesty. And, And not that any other people or companies lie in their advertising. But Jeep is, you know, this, you know, you are what you make, you make what you yeah. are. You know, Chrysler got all these accolades for the Super Bowl ad with M&M imported from Detroit tagline. Yeah. You guys seem to be having a lot of fun with what you're doing in advertising.
3: You know, it happens when you have people that believe in their brands. You know, having the four brand heads, uh, we protect our brands like our own family, you know, like our children kind of thing, our product. And it comes out and you start thinking of ways to 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 have a conversation with America instead of just trying to schlep cars. You know, let's let's open up the discussion. We know there's a perception about American cars. We know there's a perception about quality and all that stuff. Um, and, and we're ahead of that. You know, the myth is actually it's a myth at this point. You know, we're far beyond that. If you've ever test-driven test an American car of late, you know, the gap is is almost nothing so it's really a perception game. So the marketing is, is the, big, the big step in the right direction to, to get that behind us.
4: Has Dodge gotten any halo effect at all from the Super Bowl edge yeah. for Chrysler for brand?
3: Ford has. Everybody has. <laughs> <what> I mean, <laughs> Detroit in general has. Um, and that we didn't expect that. I remember seeing the, the spot maybe three weeks before it went on air. And all of us were, like, quiet in the room. It was like, whoa, that was powerful. It was much more powerful. Matter of fact, I had a, a one-minute spot, and I pulled it so they could have the full two minutes. And I thought that was the absolutely right thing to do. Um, because I, all of us, I mean, Sergio, because he, he grew up in Windsor, you know, he spent some time in Windsor going to school. He has respect for the Midwest in general, understands the, the issues. And it was such a powerful spot for the Midwest area in general, the Great Lakes area. You know, just, hey, you know, this has been through, this, this area went through the roughest time. And this speaks to that, you know, so don't we're not who you think we are, you know, and that's good.
1: Earlier, Jeff mentioned that you guys are going to be getting a small car, B-class car, specifically, somewhere around. Where did he get that information? Well, you guys gave that all out. <laughs> well, Remember a year ago or plan, something, you actually. told us everything. How's Dodge going to market uh, a B-size well,
3: car we're not, when you want to well, be performance? And all exciting? I know is we have a partner in Fiat that knows how to do that very, very well. And they're experts at that. That's what they rule. So um, we're still looking at how we're going to do that. You know, we're, we're well underway with projects pertaining to that. I can't get into that marketing. We're not. We don't own that space. You know, Fiat is, is going to get in there and penetrate with the new 500 and actually get people into our showrooms that have never come to our showrooms. I mean, the average person um, looking at 500 is probably an incremental customer to us. Um, but I think that small car segment is something that's fertile. It's something that needs to be developed in America as, you know, as we get the similar pressures to Canada, similar pressures to Europe are coming our way. So it's a matter of time. So we're well positioned as a total company. We have a great uh, war chest to, p- to pick from, having Fiat as a great partner. So uh, we're, it's just a matter of flipping
0: a switch.
2: And kind of on the flip side of that, we're seeing um, news that most of the Dodge product is going to be picked up by the Fiat brand and rebadged in Europe. Uh, under Fiat, and, and I think the first one I saw was the Fremont, which yes. is the rebadged journey. It was journey. shown in Geneva, yeah. And I think that speaks to, you know, the, the faith that Fiat has in Dodge as a whole mm-hmm. in terms of, of rebadging that for the European market. Yeah, and they're
3: enjoying the 2011 journey, which has a new interior, and we actually worked together, and, and the fascia was intended for Europe, and we're actually going to use that fascia in the, uh, in next month. We're actually shipping the new fascia here to give it a new look. So both companies benefited, and that's a sign of how quickly and how well the partnership's working. And Dodge will still be at large. We're still going to be in, in foreign countries as specialty cars. So Challengers, you know, Vipers mm-hmm. will still be able to be imported in uh, places that want them. So,
1: You mentioned that you had gone to the Daytona 500 earlier this year.
3: Yeah. Motor racing obviously is important to Dodge.
1: What about beyond NASCAR, though?
3: Well, we're doing something very interesting. We're actually sponsoring um, AMA Supercross. We have a deal with Harden. Motorcycles. Yes,
1: yes. Now, wait a minute. You guys yeah. don't make motorcycles. I know we don't,
3: but we love the kids that watch it. <laughs> you know? So um, we're kind of getting ready for our next car that's coming up, You know, kind of t- talking to that younger customer uh, the 16- to 28-year-old, 30-year-old um, that's into Supercross. And it's a great space. Wow. I mean, a really, really family. Uh, we didn't expect that. We went there, and, and we see families and their sons learning how to do this stuff. And, and then we go to see the big boys doing it. Um, and Carry Hart is awesome. And he's married to Pink, which makes him even cooler. Um, loves our brand. Has already converted his fleet to Dodges. And his friends are doing so. So it's kind of a viral penetration of this world that we totally ignored only a few years ago. So... We're doing that. Uh, we're also looking at um, other kinds of motorsports, grassroots motorsports, getting a lot of people knocking on our doors to get the Challenger on the track. So it's something we're considering. And beyond that, it's, you know, the sky's the limit. It's just a matter of funding. I've got to make money to spend it.
1: And, of course, people. Mopars come out with a, a flat-out drag yes. racing version of the Challenger. Yeah. In fact, they're even branding a Mopar Challenger. What do you think about that, of Mopar taking one of your cars and putting their I brand name
3: on it? Petro's a genius. I mean, I think what he's doing is great. The Mopars is a brand. People, they say Mopar or No Car, right? You know, so it's a bit of the—they um, call their challengers Mopars, So there's a great culture there that we have to respect, and I think that's what he's doing. He's respecting the culture. It's already established. And when a lot of people gave up on those cars, these guys were still tuning them up and saving them from the, the junkyards and turning them into, into precious treasures again. So Mopar is basically saying, hey, I'm here for you, and, and let's have some fun.
2: I have to say one of my favorite cars early this year at the Detroit Auto Show was the Mopar uh, Fiat. I don't know if you yeah. said that. Yeah. 500. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. at the car. Detroit
3: Show, we, the Mopar had one of each. They had one right, of every right. nameplate to show that, hey, we're partners here. So.
2: Yeah, sure. Very fun.
4: You brought in a lot of younger designers in the last year or so. You've had a lot of new blood in there. What kind of impact has that had on the on the culture of your team and the way you look at products? Because obviously you're talking to these younger people. You're trying to get into their minds as well. We
3: haven't hired as many as that. I mean, we're constantly tilling the soil. We're always looking for, for young talent because it's their minds are basically un, unpolluted, right? These, they're fresh minds. They don't know enough to not know you know what not to do. Um, so I love that. And I love to keep the innocence as long as possible. And they bring a fresh perspective. There's a lot of designers don't come from Detroit. They come from other places, uh, sometimes internationally, sometimes from the West Coast. So they bring a totally different perspective that is, is kind of eye-opening for us, the perception of the brands as well as the product. So, um, yeah, and the thing about the, the, the rumor at Chrysler, or, or when you come to work at Chrysler, you're on a car ASAP. You know, in other companies, you can sketch for five years and maybe you get a bumper or, or a headlamp or something. We've had uh, people less than two years get an entire car. So it's just about, hey, if you got the right idea, we'll support you. And that's what, why they like working. How
1: much do you work with uh, uh, design staff in Fiat in Italy? I mean, since you are getting their platforms, or do you want to not have, to use your word, anything polluted by uh, taking that platform and
3: making it your own? No, I talked to uh, Lorenzo Ramachotti. He's my equivalent over there. And we have a weekly video conference because we're sharing a lot now. It's actually starting to get to the point where there's a lot of sister projects. And, uh, it's a great relationship. We've a lot of mutual respect. I've been there several times, walked through, and he's, he's been over, walked through. So it's open book. Uh, but at the same time, we're very protective of our brands. We have to be careful not to start mixing and moshing. And in some places, it makes sense. You saw what we did with Lancia and, and the 300 and the minivan. And those were kind of, um, those companies actually have similar paths. They're actually fairly old companies, both luxury companies, near luxury in some cases. So in that case, it works. But otherwise, when it's a new project, we're very careful to, to design true to the brands.
1: One of the trends that we're seeing at all the auto shows these days are, first it was matte paint. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> flat matte. Now they seem to be going to what I'm calling a satin finish. Yeah. No depth of gloss, mm-hmm. but it's not that that flat look. What, what's your view of that?
3: It's actually the trick with that. It's actually a, a matte clear. It's the same yeah. undercoat with a matte clear, which gives us the best result and it hides a bit of the, the marring and nicking. Um, I think it's a trend. We're actually looking at it ourselves. It's, we've got a lot of demands for it, a lot of dealers. Not the dealers themselves, but their sons are asking. Hey, you guys need to be making because we go to these dealer meetings and their sons that co own the stores. They're asking us for this stuff. So we're very interested in that. Um, but the problem is the OEMs were so um, careful about our testing procedures that by the time we're done with it, the fad could be gone. You know? So we've got to be very careful with it. But I think it's cool in applications. It could work for SRT products and very niche products. Um, so stay tuned.
1: And what other trends do you see coming? I mean, one of these, uh, the things that we've seen in, in the last decade is so much more work being put into the headlamps yes, that, yeah. you know, I remember going to Kmart and buying a round sealed beam for a buck ninety eight. and now you're looking at something this big that's hundreds of dollars if or you got to the replace them. Or the tail lamps
2: them. in the yeah. case of, the, of the, the... charger, yeah. Yeah, the Ava. charger with the 164 LEDs, LEDs making up the, the taillights You were paying
3: attention. <laughs> yeah, it is, and, and customers respond to it. They actually ask for LEDs, I want that look, you know, and... On the three hundred, we have the signature LED. The two hundred has the light pipes, uh, and they're sculptures. And we treat them as such. And you know, designers actually sketch them as if they're full size cars and their headlamps. You know, uh, the headlamps on the new three hundred were inspired by eagle's eye. You know, so we actually had the designers sketch an eagle's eye, and then that's if you look at it, you're like, yeah, I guess it does. You know, so
2: and people respond. Yeah, they like seriously it. Seriously, to it, yeah. Yeah,
3: it's 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 kind of it's the technology is such that anything is possible with the computer uh, simulation. We can test the light throw, and with the um, proliferation of projector beams. The rest is art. Once the projector does its work, the rest is just there to be art. So in the old days, the reflector had to be, you know, throw the light, but now it's just there to support the look of the car.
4: Now, in Chicago, you introduced your man-van, <laughs> yeah. Ram, and Sergio Marchionne in Detroit talked about really differentiating the minivans from Chrysler to Dodge. Yeah. Where, where do you see the whole minivan situation fitting into the Dodge brand? Well,
3: we've done a few things. We started already at the end of, of last year and really in the 2011 model year. We've separated the pricing structure and the option structure. So the, you know, Dodge owns the the, the entry level. Uh, We don't really offer leather except for on the RT. There are certain features that are are, um, preserved for the town and country, like projector headlamps, uh, woods, the clock, a lot more jewelry on the vehicle. And it's actually working. We're seeing a very different shopper. They don't cross shop each other anymore, which is interesting, only a few in the middle. Um, And the man van is that experiment taken to the the extreme to see what happens. I have no idea what's going to happen, but uh, we're taking a leap of faith here and doing an all-black minivan interior. And when you drive the vehicle, I've driven the prototype, uh, and it feels really cool. It's like It changes the whole feeling of the car. It's like, wow. And then the, the suspension is very stiff, a lot stiffer than you'd expect. And because of the lower center, center of gravity is so low on a minivan, it handles a lot better than you would think. Um, so taking that Pentastar engine, which is already the best in class, we thought, why not make it handle? And the end result is, is freakishly good. So we'll see. It'll hopefully have its following. It's maybe the guy who um, who does, makes model airplanes or is a dog rescuer or something, um, or maybe a family that's just got an image, you know, to, to preserve. So we'll see, you know.
1: Do you think the Dodge brand is where it's got to be right now? I mean, we we talked about what you can't talk about, which is a B-class <laughs> car coming at some point. But, but I can't talk think? about
3: the C-car. I mean, that's been public knowledge. We have a C-car coming out in less than a year's time, um, which is our first true um, Fiat-derived platform that we're we're sketching on and developing. And that's an incremental customer in my mind. You know, we exited that market somewhat with the Neon. When Neon went away, we really did have a car. The Caliber is a bit different proposition, being a um, so we're excited by that, and we're already starting to to figure out how we're going to sell this because we really. That customer doesn't know us. And Dodge is, does great with our, kind of our uh, you know, Challenger fans and Charger fans, even the Durango huge car park, over a million owners of the, the old car. Um, so it's really that customer that's my But aren't you kind
1: of there me. right now with the Avenger?
3: A little bit. There's a little crossover, but the truly uh, compact segment is something we, we don't play in right now. So I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I think when they discover our brand, they'll, they'll be relieved to say, hey, you can have efficiency, you can have an attitude, be cool, and be, you know, have a, a, an efficient car to boot. So... Um, but the, the, the big trend I see is infotainment. I think that's going to be – that's the next battleground. It's already happening. Um, and we have to tread very carefully here because there's almost too much you can do in a car. So that's where our, a lot that's of That's what our, NHTSA says, right? Yeah. Hood,
1: the transportation yeah. secretary but, says it's
3: all distracting. And if you play with our, our system, we're spending a lot of time trying to make it elegant to use. So it's not a bother. It's not dangerous. And it's fun. I mean, and in, in, in so doing, you, you you tackle the problems differently. So we're looking at it. It took us a while. We're, we're not going to be you know as aggressive as maybe Ford is right now. But we're really focusing on usability. So,
4: on the subject of technology, does yeah. Dodge need a hybrid?
3: Um, eventually, I believe. I think the the technology is still not um, the proposition isn't quite there overall. The the cost of ownership, the the, the benefit. Um, we are working on the technology. The know-how is within us. We do have the staff that knows how to do it. We didn't. You know, we still actually had um, just now pulling back Aspens from taxi duty all over America, and we learned a lot from that project. So that group, that the, the electric uh, drive group is alive and well. And a lot of that um, team is working on the 500 electric vehicle, which comes out in about a year and a half or so, um, which is really a serious project. That So we're kind of in a learn mode, um, but as a business case, it doesn't really work for us right now, but it's on a horizon.
1: And real quick, we're down to the end here. Yeah, diesels, yeah. any chance for diesels in Dodges? I
3: love diesels. I'm a big fan of diesels, and we make the Fremont you talked about a minute ago. Um, in Europe, it, you've it, got it, a diesel. We have diesels right. everywhere in Europe. But what All about here vehicles. in the U.S.? Uh, again, it's the convergence. The technology is very expensive uh, for the average American to swallow. We, we, where it makes sense, we have it, obviously, in the Ram area, but I'm intrigued. I would like to see it. You know, I, I like what Volkswagen is doing, kind of penetrating the market for us. Uh, and we can do it with the flip of the switch once America's ready.
1: And with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. Ralph Gilles, thank th- thanks. thanks so much for coming in and bringing us up to date on Dodge and design at Chrysler as well. And Jeff Gilbert, Natalie Neff, thanks you for having you guys here, too. And I'll be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. When you look at the sales figures, there's no question that Dodge is making progress. Their sales are up by double digits. But with fuel prices starting to make their impact on the market, we'll have to see if Dodge can keep the momentum going. This is a pivotal year for Chrysler. It's got to sell out the cars that it's putting in its showrooms, and it has to return to a net profit before the year is out, because sometime later in the year, the company plans to go public again. We'll keep you posted on the company's progress, so please join us again next week as Line keeps you up to date on the people, the products, and the news happening in the automotive industry.